Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, production of FlagandBanner.com. Stay tuned and hear how you can get a copy of this program and other helpful documents. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your, your business. business. Thank you, Tim. Like Tim said, I'm Carrie McCoy, and it's time for me to get up in your business. Before we start, I'd like to introduce the people at the table. We have who you just heard from, Tim Bowen, our technician, who will be managing the board and taking your calls. Say hello, Tim. Hello, Tim. And recording our show today to make a podcast available next week at flagandbanner.com is our technician, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. No problem. If right now you're sitting at your computer, you might want to watch us live on flagandbanner.com's Facebook page. It's kind of fun to see what goes on behind the scenes. Like, I forgot my script and, and just had to rush around five seconds ago and find <laughs> it in my purse. I almost had a panic attack. But we would really have to wing it. That would see if I'm a real professional at this or not by now. But it's fun. And I will be on Facebook Live at flagandbanner.com for about mm, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And at the break, I'll come back and sign off with everyone. So if you listened last week, you know I was not here. And we did a rerun of Ann McCoy, who was the special assistant and special special assistant and social secretary to President Bill Clinton. She ran the governor's mansion for eight years and... It, in Arkansas, and then she went up and was with the president for eight years in Washington, D.C. What an experience. She told us great behind-the-scenes stories. Even though I wasn't here, I listened again to it, and I was kind of surprised at how interesting it was. It was really it was really good. She's just a really interesting person. Did y'all like it? Did y'all listen? Oh, yeah, I love Ann. I know, she's great. She's going to have to come back and tell us some more stories. But the reason I was away is a whirlwind week. My son, middle son, Matthew, got married to Sarah Slimp, the girl he dated for five years, who happens to also be a friend of my guest today, who gave jewelry to the wedding, which we'll talk about, because my guest today is Brandy Thomason McNair, and she's a jewelry designer in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I met her a couple of weeks ago when we went over there to look through look through some of your jewelry, antiques and self-made jewelry. It was beautiful stuff. But we had eight. She's nodding. I'm going to have to teach her you can't nod on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> we had eight events in five days. And talk about millennials. This was one of my favorite weddings of all times because it was so different from anyone. Now, my daughter's wedding was priceless and wonderful and I wanted my kids to do some traditional wedding and I was kind of disturbed when they first started talking about how they weren't going to be completely traditional because they were all raised in a church but then all of a sudden you know it it took off and became their personality and and the wedding could not have been more their personality so on the so the bridesmaids and the groomsmen were gender neutral which means there were some on both sides which is the way I like to roll. They were of all um, ethnicity, colors, and uh, and sexual orientation. I loved it. It was such a great. But because of that, the traditional party that you would have on um, the bachelor's party, you know how you have the bachelor's party? It's all men, and they call in strippers that jump out of a cake, and their pimp stands at the door. That's the kind of the way I was back when I was growing up. <laughs> That's not the way it is anymore. Even mom got to go to the bachelor's party. We had so much fun. I laughed so hard that I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to hyperventilate, and they're going to have to take me to the hospital. 
the uh, the the men, straight men dressed up as women, and they did a uh, drag show. Straight women dressed up as men. Uh, it was just I just had so much fun, and the, and that started the party off on Wednesday, and then Thursday was the rehearsal dinner. Friday was the Holy Eucharist. Uh, Friday night was a welcoming to all the out-of-town guests, 100 people at my house. Saturday, you'll love this, people, if you're listening, they got up and played kickball. I bet we had 80 people playing kickball, and we all wore T-shirts the bride brought us. So much fun. Got all the nerves and energy out of you. Um, and then Saturday night was the wedding, and instead of the first dance, guess what they had? Brandy, were you there? I was there, yeah. I was, actually. It was, it was very beautiful. Did you stay for the whole thing? I did. I didn't. I don't know if I saw the first dance though. I might have been eating cake. That's because they like didn't have a first dance. Oh, they didn't. Okay. Guess what they had? Was it the karaoke? Yes, yeah, they okay. had the first. I did first, see a lot of karaoke. <laughs> they had the first karaoke. Oh my gosh! The couple got up and sang a duet. I'm oh, telling I you, missed it. Yeah. it was great. It was. You missed it. I was probably eating cake because there were so many delicious. Cakes. Yeah. How many cakes did they I think have? there was like eight or nine different ones. Yeah, she's a baker by yeah. trade. Yeah. So we had like more cakes than you knew what to yeah. do with. And then the and then it ended on Sunday with a farewell brunch at my house. It was really quite an event. It was really really fun. I'm glad you were there. <laughs> so let's get on with the show. This show up in your business began with me, Carrie McCoy, for entrepreneurs. It was kind of a platform for me, a small business owner and a guest, to pay forward our experiential knowledge in a conversational way. And with all endeavors, it's had some unexpected outcomes, like the show is not just for entrepreneurs and wannabe entrepreneurs, but for everyone. Everyone can listen to this show and get something out of it. We're all inspired by everyday's people that make American-made stories and make America great, and about how every one of us works hard, takes risks, and finds our voice. Another interesting... um, outcome was that the business is creative and that all businesses are creative more so than really you ever think and that last behind each of my successful guests I have found out that almost all successful people have the heart of a teacher joining me today is the hard-working creative jewelry designer Brandy Thomason McNair that you just heard from that came to my son's wedding who is also a community volunteer a blogger and founder of the ever-evolving and I'll say ever-evolving belly Bella Vita jewelry and gift shop If you're just tuning in for the first time, you may be asking yourself, what's this lady's story and why does she have a radio show? Well, Tim is here to tell you. Thank you, Carrie. Over 40 decades ago, over 40 years ago, not 40 decades, I'm, let's start that over. (laughs) Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie McCoy founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed dramatically, from door-to-door sales to telemarketing to mail order and catalog sales, and now Flag and Banner relies heavily on the internet, including our newest feature, live chatting. Each decade required a change in sales strategy and procedures. Her business and leadership knowledge grew with time and experience, as well as the confidence to branch out into multimedia marketing that began with our nonprofit Dreamland Ballroom, as well as our in-house publication, Brave Magazine, and now this very radio show that you're listening to. Each week on this show, you'll hear candid conversations between her and her guests about real-world experiences on a variety of businesses and topics that we hope you'll find interesting. Carrie says that many rules like treat your employees well, know your profit margin, and have a succession plan can be applied across most industry. What I find encouraging is her example that hard work pays off. Did you know that for nine years while starting Flag and Banner, she supplemented her income with many part-time jobs? And that just shows that her 
persistence, perseverance, and patience prevailed. Today, Flag and Banner has 10 departments, and I have 25 coworkers. It reminds us all that small businesses are the fuel of our country's economic engine and that they empower people's lives. If you would like to ask Carrie questions or share your experience or story, you send an email to questions at upyourbusiness.org. Thank you, Tim. My guest today is Brandy, excuse me, Thompson, Brandy Thomason McNair, the founder, designer, and hardworking owner of Bella Vita Jewelry and Gifts in the Lafayette Building in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas. Brandy knew as early as age 10 she had a love for creating jewelry, but it wasn't until 2008 that she turned her hobby into her business and founded Bella Vita Jewelry. The hardworking adjective used to describe Brandy is true. At the age of 12, she begged her way into a job at her aunt's sandwich shop in Harrison, Arkansas. By the time she was 14, she'd landed another job at Crescent Moon Beads in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. In high school, she enrolled in a work release program that allowed her to leave school early so she could rush to her restaurant job in the afternoons and keep her bead store job on the weekends. Her work ethic continues today as she creates and manages more businesses. In 2008, she took the entrepreneurial leap and founded Bella Vita Jewelry. In 2014, she took further another step and secured a retail storefront in downtown Little Rock and called it Bella Vita Jewelry and Gifts. Today, she has expanded her company from retail to include wholesale distribution, hawking her original designs at the Dallas, Atlanta, and New York gift shows. She has a bi-weekly online publication called Boss Lady, and because she can't let any, go, any stone go unturned, she has a small antiques booth in South Main Creative Antique Mall. Featured in both Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Southern Living Magazine, it is a pleasure to welcome to the table the hardworking and creative Brandy Thomason McNair, and she's blushing. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> welcome to Little Rock. How long have you been living here now? Oh, gosh, we've been here um, 11 years now. You said you had no idea when you took a job that moved you to Little Rock, Arkansas, that you would fall in love with the city and start a business here. I had no idea how much I love it here. What happened? Well, it helped that my husband introduced me to his group of friends. They're really um, close-knit. And so I moved down here for the job, and he stayed in Fayetteville to finish school. And uh, so that helped, having a, a quick core base of friends to hang out with. Um, that really helped. Um, but then I just I fell in love with the city, like just downtown Little Rock. I would come down here on the weekends, go to the farmer's market. You know, and 10, 11 years ago, there wasn't a whole lot going on downtown. Um, so I would see all these buildings and just dream of a day that they were being renovated. And now I feel like I'm a little bit of a part of it, so... That's nice. Having my shop downtown, yeah. Your dad was an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. He's a, a farmer. And your mother? My mom's a nurse. So she had a job at the hospital in Harrison, where I'm from. She worked there for 43 years. The same job. <laughs> can you imagine? Well, actually, mm-hmm. I've been doing this 43 years exactly. So, yes, uh, yeah. I can imagine. And then your aunt, she was an entrepreneur? Well, no, she just managed the sandwich shop. That, she managed mm-hmm, it. And she let me come work on Saturdays. And pay me out of petty cash. (laughs) And so how did that all come about? How did her boss let you work there? I don't really know, honestly. I mean, that was, I was born in 82, so I was like around 12. Um, 
I guess he probably didn't know. I don't know. I you mean, know, I think that they've made rules so strict for mm-hmm. young people to work now. They're, they're trying to protect everybody so much that they're really actually handicapping people. That was one of the best experiences I could have ever had and taught me how to work hard. Did Not that s- I necessarily worked hard at that job, but, you know, it taught me a work ethic. And um, team playing and that yeah. what you do and that what you do yeah. matters. Yeah. yeah. I remember my son, Jack, wanted to get a job uh, at a restaurant when he was um, in uh, high school. 10th or 11th grade and I said no you cannot get a job and work in a restaurant I know I worked in a restaurant I know too much about what goes on down there oh yeah (laughs) so uh I said you're too formative years and he of course did it anyway and so it was one of the best experiences he ever had Mm -hmm. because you it's fast-paced what you do matters Mm -hmm. you learn to work with the team you know yeah I loved so my uncles when I moved when I turned 14 I was able to work at their restaurant on the books my grandfather started a restaurant in Harrison called DeVito's. Oh, I so see. So that's that's when, you know, when I turned 14, I started working for them also. And I love waiting tables. And I think that did a lot for my personality, too. Um, kind of brought me out of a shell because I had to talk to people, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I love that I started working at such a young age. People skills should not ever be undervalued. So then you in, you already knew you liked jewelry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were already playing with that yes. because your grandmother collected jewelry, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Both yeah. grandparents had antique businesses, so both grandmothers had, you know, random jewelry always around. So both of your grandparents were antiquers mm-hmm. uh, or junkers or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Uh, and uh, scavengers, what my dad, that's what I always called my dad. He just scavenged for stuff all the time. <laughs> he loved doing that. And then, uh, and then uh, your father was a farmer. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have this in your background. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so you, 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 then you decide when you get out of, uh, when you, when you get old enough to drive, or maybe not old enough to drive, to go to the neighboring town in Eureka Springs, and you landed a job with Crescent Moon. Crescent Moon Beads. Yeah. So my, um, I think my aunt and my uncle has another restaurant over there too, and I think they connected me with the bead store. I think my aunt would give me gift certificates for birthdays and such, and I think that's how I. Uh, came across the bead store and then um, the woman that owned the bead store her daughter was coming home like that year from college and she was going to run the shop for her and um, so I was 14 my mom would drive me over there and I would work one or two weekends a month but it was mostly I think they both did it for me to like stay creative and they saw how much I loved making jewelry so um, so when I was you know before I was able to drive I would just work a weekend or two here and there and my mom would hang out with my aunt and uncle and then Whenever, when I was able to drive in high school, I would drive over, and I would stay the weekend with my friend, my boss, who owned the store. Are you mentoring somebody in the same industry? No, not yet. I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Um, Hadn't happened yet. I have young girls that work for me, but they always go off to college. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so you you isn't the isn't the um, what's Crescent Moon? Isn't that person famous? Um, Didn't she oh. write a cookbook? Who's the lady oh, in no, Eureka Springs? Oh, no, that's Crescent Dragon Wagon that you're thinking of. Oh. Yeah, yeah different, they, but. They all kind of use that yeah. Crescent name. Crescent, yeah. <laughs> They're not affiliated, though? No. When I read that, I thought maybe they were no. affiliated. No. All right, so now you've graduated from high school. You've mm-hmm. been, I guess you've been selling beads. I have been selling jewelry, yeah, a lot of jewelry. So I worked, you know, I worked um, pretty much every weekend because I got out of school early. So I'd work on the weekends in Eureka and stay with my boss and stuff. And, yeah, we made tons of jewelry. I mean, it's a tourist town. (laughs) So I got a little burnt out um, by the time it was time to think about going to college. What would you do? Well, I went to community college for a year in Harrison. I had an art scholarship. 
So I did that. And, um, and then that summer after I finished a year, I moved to Eureka and worked full time for the, for the bead store. And then, um, I think I worked at a restaurant at night too. Um, and then went to community college in Rogers, still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Just took core classes. And then I took a year off and then a friend told me I was working for a friend at the entomology department of all places at U of A. I just desperately needed a job. <laughs> and she hired me and she just laid it out for me one day and she was like, why don't you look at a, apparel studies or interior design? And I just chose interior design. So I did four years. Um, I got a bachelor's degree in interior design from U of A. And like that whole time, I just kind of took a break from jewelry making and just did college. Do you think that helps you with your um, jewelry make? Oh, yeah, I do. And, and, you know, it taught me how to do presentations. It taught me how to you know, pay attention to detail, um, all of those things. I mean, I really loved interior design. I just, I didn't care for, um, my options out of college, um, sitting in an office really like that's, I just, that wasn't me. So, um, so you did get a school, uh, you did get a job right after college. I did. Though, yeah. Where? Um, I got a job down here in an architecture firm and that's when things begin to change. All right. This is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we're going to find out about the move to Little Rock. You're, you're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, and I'm speaking today with Brandy McNair, designer, owner, and founder of the retail and wholesale company Bella Vita Jewelry and Gift Store in Little Rock, Arkansas. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of flagandbanner.com. If you miss any part of the show or want to hear more about Up In Your Business, go to flagandbanner.com and click on the tab Radio Show. Or you can subscribe through iTunes, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app simply by searching flagandbanner.com. Lots of listening options. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Brandy McNair, owner and founder of Bella Vita Jewelry and Gift Store in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I should say designer, jewelry designer extraordinaire. So you're out of school. You've landed a job. You've moved to Little Rock. What was the name of the company? I forgot uh, what you said. I worked at Williams and Dean Architecture. Oh, an architecture firm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how did that work? Uh, well, Did you keep it long? No, nine months. (laughs) I'm pretty proud of that. Just like an entrepreneur. Oh, you did that for nine months. Well, I had never worked in an office, so that was a whole new lifestyle to me also. Like, just remember, I worked in small business and in restaurants, so their office life was a totally new thing for me, yeah, and sitting down all day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're how old, 24? I think I was was 25 when I landed that job, yeah, Mm -hmm. so... So uh, you gave them your notice, and what? Um, after that, I went to another uh, commercial furniture store that didn't work out either. And then I got all my jewelry making stuff out and went and applied for a job at Argena Bead Company, and she hired me. And then I also went to the Oyster Bar, and she hired me. <laughs> so, and that's when Bella Vita was born. Back to your roots. Yeah, exactly. So to start, so did you go and buy, you got a, you got a job. It, you said at the Argena Bead Company, mm-hmm. but was it as a subcontractor? Or no, was it, it was employee? just a sales, yeah, employee, just a salesperson. So why do you say Bella Vita was formed? Because well, it, you were actually employee of two places. Right, but I also was doing Bella Vita on the side. Like, I would go to every art market, farmer's market that I could. Did you get a permit from the city? Yeah, I mean, I was, I'd started the business then. And how'd you come up with that name? Um, I, Bella Vita means beautiful life in Italian, and my roots are Italian, so I wanted to do some kind of nod to that. So that's how it came up. I think that's nice. Yeah. So I started the business in 2008, but I also like 
knew that I wasn't going to make money to live off right away. So that's why I had the two part-time jobs. That's right. Yeah. And how long did you have to do that? Um, I worked for, I worked at the bead store for quite a while. Um, so somewhere around 2010, my husband and I moved to Oklahoma for him to go back to school. So we lived in Oklahoma for three years, but we've been back here for, um, it'll be five years this summer. So I worked for, um, the oyster bar in Argentina bead until I moved away. And then I worked kind of subcontracted with the bead store and did some newsletters and online stuff for her, um, for a couple years while I was in Oklahoma. And then once we moved back is when I didn't have any other outside employment. So I've been self-employed for five years now. That's what I was going to ask. How long did it take before you could be completely self-employed? So Bella Vita will turn 10 this year. So I've been, I was self-employed about, five you know, years. five years, the first five years or the, the For last five, five years. Yeah. yeah. Since it's 10, you can go either yeah. way. Uh, <laughs> five years is the length of time you had to work part-time jobs while you grew your business. And I think everyone needs to hear that. I mm-hmm. hear that so much over and over. So you didn't really have any money to start with. Well, no, but I did have a box of tools and a box of beads, you know, and I made do with what I had. And, um, you know, because I had all my, my bead making, my jewelry making stuff from when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have my hands, so mm-hmm. I put it all to work. And you didn't have a storefront? No. So there no. was no out of, your only expense was the cost of your goods, mm-hmm. your beads. Exactly, yeah. That was really because your time was free. Yeah. Whatever you made, you made. Uh, you said you began with social media, but that it's gotten too hard. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? What do you, I don't, you said you began your sales really, you began to really market. I'm sorry, I should have been more clear on that. You said you began to really market your business through social media. Yeah, I mean, 10 years ago, social media was totally different than it is now. Um, so we used to do really good on social media. Like I would post something and it would sell um, quickly. Post it on Facebook? Yeah, Facebook. I mean, Instagram. We've been on Instagram a while now too. So, um, But it's just not the same as it used to be at all. I mean... You have to do a lot more work to show up in people's feeds. I hear that over and over and over. Everybody's mm-hmm. disillusioned with all of that, and everybody and there's so many it, there's so many different options of social platforms you can be on now. Oh yeah, it's overwhelming, and it's time consuming. It takes Extremely. us forever to. I mean, we plan our social media. Um, and, you know, it takes that takes a lot of time. How much do you do today? You still doing as much as you used to, or do you? Me personally, it, um, uh, or how are you doing it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, no, do no, no. Well, my employees help me for sure because we have we have a couple of accounts. Um, so I have the jewelry line account, and then I have an account for the shop, and then I have a third account for the my side hustle, the vintage jewelry or the vintage um, business. What do you mean you have three accounts? What on uh, for Instagram? So you're mainly doing Instagram. Instagram, yeah, I think and you is have the, the biggest. Store. Mm-hmm. And then you have, what was the other one? The jewelry line. So just Bella Vita jewelry. So it's all jewelry focused. Oh, one's Bella Vita jewelry, mm-hmm. one's, which is the line. Mm-hmm. And then there's Bella Vita, Vita jewelry and gift, which is the retail mm-hmm. store. Exactly, yeah. And so the, okay. And so then, we just keep them separate because I don't want the products we carry in the store to like clutter up the jewelry feed, you know, because we, you know, because we wholesale. So our wholesalers are seeing that stuff too. They don't want to see all the stuff we sell in our shop. That's, a good or, that's my personal opinion. I might be doing it all wrong. I have no, no I idea. Think a, I think that sounds right. I was going to actually yeah. ask you how you keep your wholesale separate from your retail because I've never been able to wholesale. Yeah. Because of that very reason. Right um, there. I don't know. I don't, I mean. It sounds like you're doing it though. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying. I don't know. I had a lady call today that had been on my retail site, but she's a wholesale client. So. Did you tell her to go over there? So they're not, they don't yeah. compete with each other because your uh, retail site is more expensive. Your products mm-hmm. cost more. Well, yeah. 
So you came and sold wholesale to us, didn't you, Tim? She's about to. We're, we're working going, on we're it. We're working yeah. on it. <laughs> She's got some great jewelry. Yes. That we're going to put in the Flag and Banner showroom. Adrian's nodding her head over there. She loves it. She's <laughs> patting her heart. Um, I like that. I, I, I think that's smart. So that makes, th- but that makes a lot of work for you. Three different Instagrams mm-hmm. that you have to post to. Do you do it every day? No, we don't do it every day. I try to do two to four. Um, pretty much about two to four on each account. The the vintage uh, business, it gets neglected sometimes because it's just kind of a fun side business. Yeah. It doesn't make you that much money. It's just where you, it's instead of putting it in your garage, you put it down yeah. there at the antique <laughs> mall. Yeah. And if someone buys it, you're like, okay, I good. get to curate and merchandise, which is some of my favorite things to do. So, Well, most people that I know that like to collect stuff like that, they like to have it in their house for a little while, and they're like, done with that. Yeah. Let's go put it at the mall. Maybe somebody will buy it, and I can put something else in there. It's kind of like that, but we, we do we do good with it, too, um, and it's fun. Um, so you, you, in, you post to Instagram three or four times a week. Mm-hmm. Do you post the same thing each time? No, we try to switch it up. So um, lately I've been trying to do better about it. Um, and for the jewelry page, we're trying to uh, have more of a plan. So one of my employees is helping me with that. So I still have a say in all the posts, but she's helping me come up with the content. And she's a photographer. And so, so she, she's a photographer. So she helps a lot with the photos too. But we, we work with a few other photographers as well. So we just kind of have a stockpile of images that we you, can go through. Don't you just link them back to your website? Yeah, I try to. Yeah. But I don't want to be oversalesy either. So we try to have a good balance of informative, personal and pretty jewelry, you know. Mm-hmm. Your website looks really professional. Thanks. I think the pictures Thanks. are really nice. Did you buy an out-of-the-box platform? Uh, we use Shopify, so mm-hmm. I had someone set it up for me a couple years ago and paid, you know, had to pay for that. Mm-hmm. But it's super user-friendly, and so I, I just went in the other day and updated all the photos from a photo shoot that we actually did last spring. But they're timeless photos, so they kind of, you know, they're not expired yet. <laughs> You've got spring of 2018 already on there. Mm-hmm. I was real impressed at how you keeping up, because you don't have a big staff. No, I don't, but I do have to give a shout out to one of my helpers for that, Mickey. She helped get, she helps get all that updated and keep it updated, because it's so, all that stuff is so time consuming. How many like, products do you think you have online? Um, I don't know. We have several. I mean, I really don't know. Hundreds? Yeah, probably, Thousands. I would say no, maybe like. Maybe 150, 180, maybe, on our retail site. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many followers do you have on Instagram? Uh, I think we're close to 6,000, maybe. Good. Yeah. So uh, you've also decided to open a storefront because mm-hmm. you did your jewelry forever. You've been in business but in tw- for 10 years, but in three years or four years ago, you opened up a gift shop. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem very smart to me. Seems like you've got everything going. Why do you need a retail store? Well, I I mean, it kind of started as I wanted a place outside of the house to work. Because those three years we lived in Oklahoma, I worked in the house. And I just, I knew I didn't want to do that again. So the main goal was to find a studio space, but also have a small amount of retail in in where the studio would be. And over time, the retail has just kind of gotten bigger and bigger inside our shop. And our workspace is getting smaller. (laughs) But it works for us because if the store isn't busy... We're always in there working on making jewelry, either filling our back stock or filling um, our wholesale orders. You mean that store that I have seen, you make the jewelry in there? Yeah, the table that we had the antique jewelry spread out on is where we do so you stand production. Up? No, there's chairs. Is there? Yeah. And I think the chairs were full of antique jewelry that day. Oh, and then, yeah, it's packed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, we would love more space, but like, it's, 
I just, we have a really nice thing going there. So for our listeners, it's in the bottom of the Lafayette building, which is not a retail space, really. No. It's a business, it's a office building in on a really untraveled corner in downtown Little Rock. Uh, it was hard for me to even find a way in there and figure it out. So do you have any foot traffic? We do, actually. I mean, you know, three years ago, it wasn't that great, but... Um, in the last three years, you know, just recently threefold moved in. There's the, What's um, threefold? the dumpling restaurant. Oh, have you been there? That's oh, great. I'm gluten free. I think they do that too. Um, anyway, they're really great and kind of a destination downtown cause they have a really good following. Um, oh, so you get some traffic. So yeah, I mean, we're getting more and more traffic. I started putting out two chalkboard signs instead of one. So there's one on main street and Louisiana street. Oh, those sandwich boards. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So those help. Yeah. I mean, I know people probably think I'm crazy for being in there and not being in a higher traffic area, but rent must be cheap. It's, t- it's affordable. I wouldn't say it's cheap at all, but it's affordable. Um, but we do, my customer comes to me because I have 10 years of email list signups and 10 years of going to art shows and festivals like Harvest Fest and stuff like that. You know, so my customer comes to me, people do walk in off the street and within the last couple of months with the two or three restaurants that have moved in close to us, we've, our foot traffic has picked up tremendously. So it's been nice. Really the main goal of your retail store was to get you out of the house. To get me out of the house and then to have a place. And when we first opened, we were only open three days a week, but this last December, I decided to open up Wednesday through Saturday just because we have a need for it. And like, I'm in there working. I go to work Monday through Friday, like 7.30ish to 5ish. So I'm in there working all the time. Making and I get, jewelry. Yeah, making jewelry, working on computer work. The store's not open Mondays and Tuesdays, but I get people knocking on, like Tuesday I had a great day and I wasn't even open. <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> I can't turn someone away that's knocking on the door. Well, so no. Yeah. So you actually are at the store Monday through Saturday. So now you wish you were back in your house again? <laughs> no. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I had an office to go shut myself off in. But <laughs> How many employees do you have down there? I have two part-time girls and then a freshman in college that's about five hours a week, five or six hours a week. And you need more space. Do you mm-hmm. need more staff? Actually, well, I, I actually just met a new contract employee that knows how to make jewelry that's really saved my behind this this year and so you give her the design and mm-hmm. say make this over and over mm-hmm. repetitively so she's worked that's worked out wonderfully for us um so no we're pretty good right now with um the amount of help we have this is just such a grassroots way to start a business. <laughs> you do it in your home you do it on your own money you work part-time jobs you're exactly what the american dream what people want to do to get your independence i just I, I, when I read your story, I felt like I was reading my story because I started Arkansas Flag and Banner in my home, worked part-time jobs for nine years, you know, built my inventory. I just, I just, we are kindred souls. So you decided to go into wholesaling, and I have tried this, and I failed. I want to hear all about how you went into wholesaling, how hard it was to get started. First, let's start with why you decided to do it. And then we'll talk about how hard it was to start okay. and how much work it is because I know it's a lot of work. It is a ton of work. Um... I decided to go into wholesale um, about four years ago, I think. Um, I just kind of felt like I had maxed out on the retail level because at a, at a time I was only doing retail shows such as the farmer's market or a craft market or Harvest Fest, you know, types of shows like that. Or the War Eagle Festival. Or War Eagle, yeah. Well, I did War Eagle for the first time this year, which was great. Um, so those are what I call, when I say retail shows, that's what I'm referring to because I'm selling at retail. But I kind of felt like I'd maxed out on that level of like, I mean, you can always make more money, but like I needed to find another 
um, outlet to make money. Revenue income stream. Exactly. And I thought selling to stores, you know, I, I had a handful of wholesale accounts at the time and I did consignment with a few places, but I wanted to cut all that consignment out and just do wholesale. Yeah, because you have to keep up with the money. Yeah, it's, it's, like, it's did you too much this? paperwork, did you yeah. That? Especially with jewelry and one-of-a-kind jewelry. Because, see, at the time, all my jewelry was one-of-a-kind. So I would sit down and make 20 necklaces at once that were all different or oh. 20 pairs of earrings. She's and that was really hard, like too. That was really hard, too, but it was also something nice about my jewelry. But So whenever I switched, I didn't really switch to wholesale, but whenever I started wholesaling, I had to think in quantities, like, can I make you know, a hundred of those earrings if somebody were to order them. And so I started having to order my supplies on that um, system too. So that, that was a hard thing to learn also. But um, I decided that I wanted to try wholesale and I took an online course with a jewelry designer in um, Pennsylvania. Like she did these online, There's how to wholesale. There's an online course. There's an online course for everything now. <laughs> I've thought about it too. <laughs> Right. sharing my knowledge yeah. anyway so I took her um wholesale basics course or whatever she called it and I signed up for the uh, gift market in January at Dallas Market Center and drove down there by myself and one of my friends met me there to help me set up because I was nervous I'd never done anything like this I you know it was on 13th floor of the Dallas Trade Center and so she came in and we got set up and like it was such a learning experience like I didn't even rent lights for my booth like my setup I mean it was a cute setup but I mean, if you could see it then and see it now, you would you would know exactly what I'm talking about. So, but it was a great it was a great place to get my feet wet because Dallas it was it it was at the time the most affordable trade show to do. Um, I could drive in, and um, you know I I didn't have to fly and ship my freight, which which now I have to do all that. So, um, but yeah, I I covered all my costs. I made a little money and <laughs> filled my orders. So you went to the Dallas trade show, which mm -hmm. I actually went to school on, in the apparel I heard market. that, yeah. Uh -huh. And so you went to the temporary. I the guess temps, you set yeah, up in the temporary because all those mm -hmm. trade shows will have a temporary section yep. for people who want to try it out new. And you got your 10 by 10 booth yep. and you set up a eight foot table and sat there with the tablecloth, I guess, on your table and laid out your jewelry. Yep. Yeah. How um, many different pieces did you display? Oh, at the time I didn't have, oh, I don't know. I mean, my collections are kind of large. I mean, there might there was probably 50, 60 samples uh, that I was selling off of then. But I also, over the last four years, have developed my collections. They're tighter than they've ever been before. Like, And they're about to be even tighter because I'm really excited about some new things that I'm going to work on. What's the name of one of your collections? Um, one's called Vintage Redo. Um, so we have Vintage Redo. We have Hand Stamped. And then we do the seasonal line that you were talking about, um, the spring, summer, or the fall, winter. And then we do a delicate collection. I think they all look delicate. Thanks. You're mm -hmm. welcome. I like them Thanks. all. Thanks. So um, my favorite is the vintage redo, and that's the one that I'm about to um, uh, really develop here in the next few weeks and months. Um, I take um, old antique buttons from my grandmother's collection and make molds of them and then cast the pendants. So I have like moons and stars, I have lions, I have birds, I have all these fun little picture. Um, what do you cast it with? We use bronze and sterling. Do they tarnish? I guess they just tarnish. I mean, just, all metal uh -huh. tarnishes, yeah. You just, you just have to take care of it and polish it. And polish it, it with, a, with, yeah. a, with a polisher. Yeah. Wow. So back to the Dallas, okay. like, so I was, it was a su successful show, but it was most of all a learning experience. Like, yes, you can do this, you know. You, you've got this, like, go do it, go bigger. So the next summer I did Atlanta, and I actually had a friend flying with me there too. She was able to do it, and so she came in. And then after that I was like, I got this all by myself. What did you do different about the Atlanta show? 
Um, I changed Better my booth. I changed my booth a little bit. I had more designs. Um, you know, at that point, I started like sending out postcards to people before the show, trying Smart. to set up people. Uh, tried to set up appointments. Nobody really likes to make appointments, which I understand because you're at market. You want to go through fast, but you know, just trying to get people to my booth. Um, yeah. Did you make any money in the Dallas show, or did you just break even? I did. I made a little. I mean, I think I made a couple hundred dollars yeah, over breaking even. So no, like a dollar an hour. No, but it was it was a it was a great learning experience. Yeah, and so yeah. then the Dallas show, the the Atlanta show, which I've also been to, is is big like that yes. too. So you had to fly your stuff in. I did ship my stuff in, so I pack a, a freight pallet and ship it in, and then I fly in. And it's nice because it's there waiting on you. You don't have to. Some of my friends that live in the area, they like haul it in up all those floors, and because they'll put it right at your booth. Yeah. And wait so this for you. the freight department just drops it off. I come in, unwrap it, set it up. So with all those additional expenses, did you make any money at that? Show? Yeah. Surprisingly enough, that the return on that show was was pretty good. Did you um, change your prices to make money? Were your original prices too cheap? No, um, I think all entrepreneurs do that. It takes a lot of math and it it took a lot of learning. Like whenever I first started the business, I was pretty much selling at my wholesale price and I learned that quickly. And that was kind of a hard thing, um, to basically double what I was selling for. So I might've been selling earrings for $15 where I should have been selling them for 30 in your retail store in the beginning, um, like 10 years ago in the retail business. Yeah. Yeah. It's very common. I see lots of artists doing it now because I'll ask somebody if they wholesale because I want to pick them up for the store. And they're like, they will say no, and that's why. And because they're already selling wholesale. They're already, the whole, yeah, exactly. Um, so luckily, I learned that quick, you know, really soon. So I was, my pricing was pretty much set up for wholesale. Like I knew, um, I have had to spend lots of hours trying, you know, putting it into my formula and coming up with the wholesale price. And then, you know, I go by perceived value a lot too. Um, yeah. You know, so I kind of eyeball things. Once I get a hard number, I eyeball it, and I'm like, well, it could go a little up or it could go a little down. You know, so. That's exactly the way we do it at Arkansas Flag <laughs> Banner, isn't it, Tim? Absolutely. Tim's the purchasing agent. He wears many, many hats. And we do the exact same thing. We have our methodology for pricing, and then we look at it. Yeah. You, you get your hard number, and then you look at it, and you think, what's the value of that, really and truly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it took me a long time. You've only been in business doing this for five years, and you've already learned that. I think it took me a long time. I can also say this, that for 10 years, I didn't raise my prices. Mm-hmm. Everything around me went up. And I didn't raise the prices at Arkansas Flag and Banner for 10 years. I kept selling more, but not making as much. And I couldn't figure it out. And an older gentleman came in and mentored me and said, hmm. when's the last time you raised your prices? You know, shipping's gone up. Yeah. have gone up. I was like, oh. Well, we have to, I have to be really conscious of it because of the metals market. Like sterling and gold, you know, fluctuate mm-hmm. so much back and forth. Um, so we have to be real conscious of How all that. Gold metal. Um. Well, I mean, there's a million different ways to do Are it. You? Yeah. I mean, I, I do like. In your uh, little shop down there, can you do it? Yeah. I mean, really? I have this. <laughs> I don't want to give away all my secrets. No. <laughs> but it's really easy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, while you were gone doing your wholesaling, who's managing the store? Um, Syra works. She's our shop manager. So she works. I have her scheduled to work the shop every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. That way, if I'm going to be away at a show, there's always someone constantly at the shop on the days that we're open and then mickey my other kind of behind the scenes assistant she works the shop on wednesdays so you get these orders from these people and you tell them you're going to deliver when um so you've gone to the it, wholesale it show depends. you've got orders from other mm-hmm. uh, retailers and mm-hmm. you say okay i'm going to deliver and they tell you when they want it delivered mm-hmm. they say deliver it in the spring or yeah. deliver it in march and you go back and just start working your little fingers to the bone yeah so most recently we did we do atlanta atlanta's in july and uh, atlanta is in july and um, January and then New York is February and August. So 
January and February, I would just tell people, you know, um, when people were writing orders in Atlanta in January, I could get those done quicker. But then once we get to New York, it's, you know, going to be a, probably a middle of March. So, yeah, we've just been filling orders since February, the beginning of February. <laughs> Which is your best show, Dallas, Atlanta? Honestly, Atlanta's been the strongest. Really? Yeah, surprisingly enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the Atlanta show myself. You don't? I hear I hear I, like I hear Dallas. lots of feedback on all the shows from people. I haven't been back to Dallas. I just do Atlanta and New York right now. I might try Dallas again. Um Dallas is a little bit harder market. Like I don't know that they appreciate the handmade side of it as oh. much. And my price points might be a little higher for that market. But oh. I also talked to some friends that do it that have successful shows. So I'm I might check it out again. So you've got, let me see if I've got all your sales channels, little busy woman. <laughs> you sell on your website. Mm -hmm. You sell at your retail store. Mm -hmm. You sell at your gift shows, which is wholesale. The trade shows, yes, trade wholesale. Shows. And then you also go and are you still doing little small farmer's markets? No, not the smaller shows. We That's just too much now, um, especially with the shop. Um, but I do, I'm not doing as many shows this spring. Um, I have one show lined up, and that's the Little Craft Show in Springdale, Missouri, or Springdale, Arkansas, in a couple of weeks. Um, and then this fall, we'll get back and do, like, we'll do War Eagle. Um, we'll do Harvest Fest here. We'll do the Main Street Food Truck Festival. Um, which all one's your of, best one? Out of all those sales um, channels, which one? Do, it's got to be wholesale. Yeah, wholesale. Well, honestly, with the store and the retail shows, they kind of are balancing each other out right and now. retail shows are, are what you would call, like, War Eagle. War Eagle, and, yeah, there's a, a show. The craft Little Craft shows. The Little Craft Show is a great mm -hmm. one. It's kind of an indie artist um craft show that they started up in northwest arkansas and they're actually coming here for the first time this really? uh this uh december yeah this is a great place for me to tell everybody that you're listening to up in your business with me carrie mccoy i'm speaking today with brandy mcnair designer owner and founder of the retail of the retail and wholesale company bella vita jewelry and gift shop but you also do more than that you have a online publication called boss lady how did that one come about? And why are you spending your time as busy as you are on doing that? Because it doesn't sell anything. Right. It doesn't sell anything. Probably for the same reason you're doing a radio show. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, she should be my daughter. Exactly. It's just a passion project. I mean, I meet, like, that's the other thing about the trade shows and my travels for work. Like, I meet some of the most amazing entrepreneurs and artists and just make some of the best friends and relationships. Um, so, I don't know. I dreamt of Boss Lady... I dreamt of Boss Lady um, probably two years ago, and it took me a year to get it started because I, it took me that long to sit down and answer the questions. And I was like, I'm not going to ask these women to answer these questions with, when I haven't even done it. So I finally um, made myself sit down and answer the questions. And I just. And they I, were the questions you'd made up yourself. Yeah, the questions that I made up You're myself, like, stuff I that I would want to know. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I probably need questions. to go in and edit them a little bit. Um, but anyway, so I just, you know, I, I've, I've met all these people. Um, I, you know, just wanted to start something that could maybe inspire other um, young women or women of any age, really, to take that step and do what, you know, what they're passionate about. So there's your teacher. Didn't yeah. I tell you, everybody's got a t Every successful person is a teacher. It is the weirdest thing. I never <laughs> knew that about this, about entrepreneurs. So I started this radio show. So you just got inspired. You laid in bed. You couldn't quit thinking about talking about uh, supporting other women. And mm -hmm. that's how it came. Yeah. Yeah, and you I know. want people to know the good and the not so good. So you know, I hope that the people that that we interview um, show you know there's all sides of business. It's not always, you know. I thought you might run out of easy. Uh, <laughs> I was looking at it today before the show, and I thought surely she's going to run out of. 
people, and I just wanted to see if you'd really posted anything. You say you do it twice a month, mm-hmm. so I wanted to see if you really did, <laughs> and you do. Yeah, we do. You do. I know. I was kind of surprised. It, you actually really post twice a month. Yeah. And I, you have a lot of women. I thought, where is she going to find enough women business owners? But you've got a lot of them on there. Yeah, and we're not just sticking. We do a lot of local uh, Little Rock and Arkansas women-owned businesses, but we're not. I mean, we'll take submissions from anyone. Um, the only criteria is that you have to sign your own paycheck. Like, you know, you can have partners, but you have to. It has. You can't have a full-time job and this be your side hustle. It has to be your. Um, money it has to be your income maker so can't be your side hustle no side hustles <laughs> your side hustle though is the main street creative antique mall where you keep all your stuff south main creative yes oh south main creative <laughs> and i just moved into a bigger space but it's still not i mean it's like i think around 80 square feet now that's pretty so, big yeah you you find uh where do you find this stuff when you're well like i said my, my grandparents were in the antique business so i've you know collected lots of stuff over the years from them so um, you're just cleaning out your garage no not necessarily I mean they have a big antique business up in Harrison still and um so I go up there and pull stuff and buy stuff from them at a good price and bring it down here to sell but then I also just I go treasure hunting I go to estate sales auctions you work seven days a week you make jewelry at night you blog on your website and you write boss lady when do you (laughs) junk teak uh you know whenever we go on road trips or Like, I'm going to go home this weekend and visit my grandparents, so I'm sure I'll make a stop at the antique store. You know, I'm thinking about pick your up boss a few lady. Uh, you know, I met you because of boss lady. Yeah. Uh, and then I also met you because my because you were doing the jewelry for my son's mm-hmm. bride, for my new daughter-in-law. You were doing the jewelry for her, her wedding party. But I also originally first met you because you contacted me about Boss Lady, mm-hmm. and it was very flattering that you wanted to do an article about me. So if you're going to branch out into other stuff, that's a very creative social way to get your, get people to know about you also. Yeah, um, I guess so. You know, talking about, I mean, if you're going to reach out to people in other states and say, hey, I want to do an article about you and this is who I am, yeah. then all of a sudden they find out about you too. That's true, yeah. I mean, I had heard, I had heard about you um, through some mutual friends, and then I think I got one of your um, magazines in the mail, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was just really impressed. So I wanted to know more, so that's mm-hmm. why we reached out, yeah. And see, the magazine is the same sort of way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's somebody at my office that loves making that magazine, but it's the same sort of kind of grassroots marketing. We don't make any money on the magazine. Mm-hmm. It's like your boss lady, but it kind of gives you credibility. It kind of gets you in the community. Yeah. It's an odd way of advertising, though. I get so much good feedback from boss lady, and that's enough for me. Like, I don't have to sell anything. But so you do indirectly, probably, and don't yeah, even maybe. know it. Maybe, yeah, that's true. Maybe so. Because I bought something. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Which I gave to somebody. <laughs> I gave it to my daughter. She coveted it. Um, what's next? Oh, goodness. Um, well, I... Um, I know you've got something you're thinking about. Yeah, I'm working on um, I'm working on new collections for wholesale. Because um, we'll go back to market in July and August. Um, so I had a big epiphany the other day, and I'm excited to execute that. So um, that's what I'll be working on for the next few weeks and fill in the rest of our orders. I read somewhere when I was researching you that you wanted to go to Las, you wanted to start the Las Vegas show. Yeah, I would like to do Las Vegas. Um, the trouble with that is the day, the way the dates fall for the shows. So like the Las Vegas market that I want to do falls at the very same time as the New York market. And like, I just haven't figured out how to duplicate a wholesale. I've done two retail shows at once, mm-hmm. but I haven't figured out how to do two wholesale because that entails flying an employee to Vegas and, or to New York. make any money. Yeah, I mean, those trade shows are really expensive, too. 
Yeah. So, does your husband thinking about coming to join you? Uh, we've talked about it before. <laughs> you know, my husband came to join me. My husband was a bond daddy. He sold stocks and bonds when he graduated with a finance degree from college. And then he did that for a few years. And my business was wearing me down. Mm-hmm. And his boss at the bond house said, your wife has a nice little business. Why don't you, why don't y'all build a business together? And we really talked about it and thought about it because his was a family-owned, the bond house was actually a family-owned business too. And um, we ended up going into business together and it's really fine. Yeah. Yeah, we've... Um, I did throw my keys at him one time. All <laughs> my employees and that's when they said, you got to get her off that floor with him. He's got to move to another floor. <laughs> that's hilarious. No, we've, we've talked about it. He'd be a great... Um, like HR department. He's, he's What's his specialty? He's uh he works for State Parks and Tourism. So he's a grants analyst for them and then he teaches geography online for Euler, but communication is his specialty. <laughs> he's a good writer, he's a good talker, he's a good people pleaser. Do you hear I got a Dreamland Ballroom got a grant? Yes, I did. Yeah, congrats. That's awesome. So anybody, you know I love Dreamland. I know we did you. a photo shoot there once. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about I that. I love too. it in there. It's it's a gem. It is really a jewel in the crown of Little Rock, yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, people come from all over the country to come and see it. And for us to be rec- recognized by the National Park Service mm-hmm. is a gift. I never, I mean, I, it, it's one of those things for all the listeners out there. You just keep trying and all the naysayers tell you that it'll never happen. And you just keep trying because you know in your heart it's the right thing to do. And I, I have to tell you, sometimes I thought, what am I doing spending mm-hmm. all this time doing that? Do you do that about anything that you're working on? That you think, why am I spending all this time at this? Oh, gosh, probably. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> probably everything. <laughs> but, yeah, we're really thrilled to get that grant. We're excited about it. It's going to be a slow process. Your husband being a grant writer, you'll have to tell him about it. We may, I may have to ask for him some of his advice. Yeah. I heard it's complicated. To you should meet him. I'd love to. Yeah. Was he at the wedding? He did come to the wedding, yes. Yeah. Did I meet him and don't remember? Actually, I think you poured mm. some champagne in his, his glass oh, at no, one point. I and I pointed that. you out, and I never got a chance to come say hi or introduce you. That was when those gentlemen were singing the champagne song. <laughs> what champagne song was that? Go ahead, sing it, Brandy. I don't know. <laughs> but it was something about pour me more champagne, pour me more champagne. I don't know. So it was I, just a really good time. <laughs> gosh, it was. It was so much fun. All right. Uh... You volunteer. Yeah, yeah. Another that's that's a big passion project that takes a lot of my time lately. <laughs> For Second Friday Art Night, which happens the second Friday of every month in downtown Little Rock. So it's free to attend. Um our my shop participates and there there's other about nine or ten other um participants that stay open late and have wonderful programs or opening shows. Did they do something in the Lafayette building on art night? Just my shop down there. Just you. Just my shop is open. Yeah, because you're a little bit off the beaten path. But we do really fun stuff. So like for April, next Friday is Second Friday, and so we have three guest pop up shops basically. Uh Um, One is the Dandelion Kitchen, which is a local lunch delivery service. They're going to be in the lobby of the lobby. They're going to be right out in front of my shop, and then one of them will probably be in the shop at the back table. So we kind of clear out some furniture. It's it's very cozy and fun. (laughs) It's really fun. So we'll, we have wine and stuff, and then we have the pop-up people, and um, yeah, it's a good time. You're just one block off of the Friday night art walk. Is it mostly on Main Street? No, 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 no. Art walk is all over downtown, so it's like oh, okay. Historic Arkansas Museum, Old State House Museum, um, the Butler Center Galleries, 
Matt McLeod, he's my neighbor, yeah. Gallery 221. We're kind of spread out, but that's why there's this group of us volunteering our time to work together to make it more connected and ex- encourage people to walk or and, take our free trolley. And when is that? Friday night. It's Friday, second Friday night, it's five to eight. Mm-hmm. Is that this coming Friday night? No. It's yes. Not not today. Not, Today's Friday. Two right. weeks. <laughs> two weeks from today. It's no, it's next week. Next Friday. I thought you said it's the second Friday. Oh, my bad. It is. Okay. Yeah. Two Sorry. Two Fridays from today. I'm going to come down there. Oh, you should. Yeah. I am absolutely coming down come there to the second Friday art walk in downtown Little Rock, Arkansas and support that cause. Uh, we're running out of time. Um, you're really, you're really, really interesting. I've really enjoyed Thank talking you. to you. Thank Thanks you. for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for coming on. We didn't get to talk about her gardening. She's a big gardener. Oh, yes. Yes. That's how she relaxes. <laughs> Y'all believe she even ever relaxes? So she relaxes by working in her garden. <laughs> it's therapeutic. <laughs> no, it's not. It ruins your nails. <laughs> I mean, jewelry making ruins your nails. It gives you a backache and makes sunspots on your face. <laughs> yeah, it's real therapeutic. <laughs> and if you're lucky, you grow something beautiful instead of weeds is what i always grow <laughs> so here's your present thank you for coming on it's a t-shirt from up in your business with carrie mccoy it's a red t-shirt it looks like it'll fit you and it says up yours <laughs> up your business thank you you're so welcome i've really enjoyed talking to you i'll see you in two weeks how do people get in touch with you um they can come find us at 523 south louisiana street in the lafayette building or online, it's bellavitajory.net. No dot com. No dot com. It wasn't available back then. Dot net. Bella, dot net. Bella, B-E-L-L-A, vitajory.net. And you can log on to um, flagandbanner.com. We'll have this podcast up next week. We'll have all the things that she talked about. We'll have all the links there. There'll be a contact information for Brandy if you want to ask her. If you're somebody who's dying to get into business and you're inspired by her story, we'll have a connection there so that you can talk to her. Um, well, who's our guest next week, Tim? Do you know? Next week is going to be Judge Vic Fleming. Y'all know this guy. I'm not familiar. So he's an Arkansas judge. But you know what his claim to fame is? He was in the Merv movie Word Play, and he sang a song and played the guitar. Judge Vic Fleming writes crossword puzzles for the New York Times. Oh, wow. He's right here in Little Rock. He is so interesting. He wrote a. He and Bill Clinton wrote a. Uh, wrote a. Wrote a puzzle, a crossword puzzle, I think, for the New York Times together. He's a really interesting guy, and they did this documentary. All these nerds get together that like crossword puzzles and all kinds of games and puzzles, and they have a convention, and they get together. Liz is grinning over there because she and I are both crossword puzzle nerds, <laughs> and I could tell that about her before I ever even knew she was because she uses crossword puzzles when she talks, words when she talks. <laughs> she says things like, oh, ilk, I-L-K, that's a crossword puzzle word. And I said, you're a crossword puzzle worker. <laughs> she said, oh, yes, and those people have all the same kind of ilk. And I said, oh, nobody <laughs> says that unless they work crossword puzzles. <laughs> And she says, tome for book. Nobody says that unless they work a crossword puzzle. So anyway, um, uh, there's a place where nerds that like crossword puzzles go and get together and have conventions and play games together. And he was at that convention, and somebody on HBO or Netflix was doing a documentary and was there, and and he stood up and played a guitar song, and it's in the movie Wordplay, if anybody wants to see it. So he'll be our guest next week. Anything else, Tim, that I'm missing? Oh, no, I believe that will be it. Okay. 
If, uh, if you have a great entrepreneurial story that you'd like to share, I'd love to hear from you. Send a brief bio or your contact info to... Questions at upyourbusiness.org. And finally, to our listeners, thank you for spending time with me. If you think this program's been about you, you're right, but it's also been for me. Thank you for letting me and Brandy fulfill our destiny. My hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a product a production of FlagandBanner.com. If you'd like to hear this program again next week, a podcast will be made available online with links to resources you heard discussed on today's show. Carrie's goal, to help you live the American dream.